1: This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly roundup of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine, and this is episode 107. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host. Later on, digital editor Alex shares her experiences of Antwerp, Belgium's cosmopolitan portside city, including the best local spots for frites and Belgian beer, as well as some more surprising discoveries such as Belgian vermouth and food trucks. But first up, I caught with cheesemonger Morgan McGlynn to find out why summer is one of the best times to eat cheese. And she recommends some great new ones to try, including the supreme champion of the recent British Cheese Awards, Sheep's Rustler from Somerset. So I'm here today with Morgan McLean um, of Cheeses <laughs> of Muswell Hill, yeah. which is um, Time Out's most loved shop. Yeah. Um, And also, you were just saying that you are one of, I think you're the only female cheesemonger. Yeah, we are.
0: We're the only all-female oh, cheese f- All-female. Yeah. So we've been, for the last 11 years, so just girls that work in the shop, basically, yeah. me and a team of really gorgeous,
1: lovely cheese So wonders. you're doing a kind of positive discrimination.
0: Yeah, <laughs> kind of. I just think it's because when I was
1: 21, yeah. I started in the industry, it was very,
0: very male-dominated. Yeah. And I was almost, well, I was intimidated by it, firstly, and yeah. laughed out of a lot of places because of it. Because I was young and female. And I think that the reason I employ the girls is because I never want them to feel like that. And I think it's yeah. a really, really good thing to teach them the art of it. Yeah. And they can carry it on. And
1: also, so there's that thing, isn't it? That, like, if you can't see it, you can't be it. So, yeah. like, coming in a cheese shop and having, um, like women behind the counter yeah. and, and an all-female cheese mongers who can explain you know, intelligently what everything is. Yeah. It's and kind of a nice aspirational yeah. thing. Yeah,
0: and I think also the reason it works so well as a team is because we're all friends. It's actually family and friends. My yeah. sister works for me as well. Yeah. Um, and there's a real shared passion. Yeah. But also, I think that mutual respect because it's based on friendship you know we've got that for each other which i think maybe you know in a workplace i think that's really really important for us yeah before anything else we're family and friends and yeah. that makes it nicer to work together and it means that that comes across to the customer we think yeah definitely yeah
1: which is probably why you're the most loved shop <laughs> <wouldn't you? laughs> yeah. so we're going to talk about some it, it believe it or not it's summer it's actually freezing we're sitting in the garden <laughs> at the back of the shop um but we're gonna later on. We're gonna talk about some summer cheeses. But yeah. um, I was just reading because Google is a wonderful thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you guys are, are kind of building um, a cheese cave, or you're yes. looking for places to build a cheese cave because yeah. you did a little bit of crowdfunding to yes. get part of the money. And then, so what's the idea behind that? So basically, we want a place
0: where you can walk in and it's not intimidating to try cheese because at the moment um, if you know the shop you know the layout where you can have about three people in there maximum (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes people feel like they can't stay very long um, to try the cheese we want an atmosphere where you can go in and you can try a hundred cheeses if you really want to and you can stand there and you can learn about the cheese and be consumed by it so it'll be a very (laughs) a very tall room which matures cheese but also we have tastings in there so so originally we were going to do it at the back of the shop um, but it is very little yeah. so we are looking for other spaces so we're on the hunt for a, yeah. a place locally um, and then we're going to look at doing kind of cheese and wine nights and more nice. tasting nights.
1: I mean, yeah. <laughs> so when you say very tall room is that so you can like, It'll be walls of cheese yeah, up to so the ceiling, completely.
0: and it also helps the maturity. <laughs> Getting really excited it's about this. So good. I mean, we've been told, so we've done lots and lots of research, yeah. and spoke to lots of our suppliers and everybody. Yeah. And it's really good for the cheese to have those ones quite high up, yeah. and the humidity. It has to all be perfect. So yeah. we're looking for quite a tall place to do it. Wow. So um, yeah, we're on the hunt at the minute. Um, but if not, we probably will do it at the back of the shop. We're just mm. kind of. We're gonna get through Christmas, which sounds so far away, but for the cheese world, yeah. it's a big deal. I and mean, then in the new year we should be <laughs> building something fantastic.
1: Because you're talking about supplies, because one of the things um that I when I first met you that I thought was great was that you you spend a lot of time going around the country yeah. finding new yeah. cheese and actually just <laughs> go and hunt it out. Which yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, a cheese shop they wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily go that extra mile. Yeah, well I think because it's this started with a passion for the reason I loved
0: the cheese shop and the the idea behind it was because mm. it had that personal relationship with suppliers. That's the most important thing to me yeah. that I know when that cheese was made, how it was made and who made it. And... Reason, the reason, the one thing I need to do is keep up that relationship so yeah. that I can continually be seeing what's going on and, you know, finding out new cheeses. And we spend an awful lot of time searching for cheese, yes. which is really fun. And...
1: I think the lovely <laughs> thing about cheese is that every every cheese is a story, isn't yes. it? It's not yeah. just the thing that you're eating, it's like the whole yeah. story behind it. And um, One of the cheeses that you introduced me to, which was the Cornish Gouda, oh, yeah. we were talking about a couple of weeks ago because in our, our May issue... Um, we did a sort of British Heroes um, recipe feature. So I did a recipe with that because you yeah, he introduced fantastic. me to it. I became obsessed yeah. with it and
0: just can't... And his story. Yeah. I mean, that's the most amazing story
1: of, you yeah. know, he came home, the farmer's up for
0: sale, so yeah. he decided to make cheese and he's made this huge success of it. Yeah, it's great. And that's not a rare thing to happen. No. There's so many of these suppliers that have fallen into cheese making mm. or, you know, it was their family were doing it and it hasn't done well so they've taken it on and changed it yeah. slightly and I just think it's fantastic I think it's great I think great. any
1: you know anyone could get a recipe for making a cheese yeah. but it's not it's, that's not how you make cheese yeah, you make yeah. cheese by putting everything else into it yeah I love and like with the um, book that I'm bringing out is all about
0: yeah. cheese making at home yeah but we explain that you know you're not going to make a perfect cheese at no. start and I haven't I mean it's taken me at least two years I reckon to come yeah. up with something that I absolutely love because it doesn't just happen overnight with a recipe you have to change every tiny little element yeah. until you get the perfect cheese for you or, or for whoever you're so selling is to so this news
1: are you going to actually be producing Morgan's <laughs> no. cheese well i'd love to yeah, at some point if i had much. space yeah. maybe when i move out to the country for a yeah, farm later say, on and you would have <laughs> to i don't think you would have any time to sleep morgan no. <laughs> <laughs> i think for now i'm going to yeah. keep to muswell hill but yeah. maybe later selling on the cheese yeah. and then yeah. Yeah. i could definitely
0: appreciate it
1: so let's talk about um, summer cheese. So, what makes what makes a, a, a seasonal cheese? Yeah, yeah, well, I think people have got the you know
0: cheese is fantastic all year round. Yeah, but in different times of the season, it changes and the taste changes due to the fact that. The animals are kept indoors yeah. in winter so they're fed on pastures and hay and yeah. when they're brought out in summer they're you know they're fed on really rich and grassy pastures or floral pastures mm. and that means that you're getting a lovely lovely rich flavor yeah and it completely changes the taste of the cheese so at this time of year from about March to October you're looking at the most amazing cheeses especially things like fresh goats cheeses yeah or the mountainous cheeses you know because mm. you
1: usually think a goat's cheese is a spring cheese don't you. yeah yeah so it's fantastic all year round
0: i'm not saying it's not no, but yeah. i particularly love it in summer because of the taste that you get through at
1: the moment so would would like a particular goat's cheese would you get the producer because obviously we were saying goat's cheese is, is what maybe a couple of weeks yes. in the making because yeah, yeah. it's very fresh or a couple of days i mean it depends oh really yeah so. you can we get cheeses in from
0: that would have been made two days ago so it just depends on the maturity of that goat's so cheese so could
1: would the producer of, of a particular goat's cheese be making the same recipe, but it would change throughout the year because of what the goats were eating? Yeah, exactly yeah. the same oh, recipe, but it will just do... So things like even ewe's milk. Yeah. So you've got a cheese called Flour Marie, which is
0: a, a English ewe's milk cheese. Yeah. And we don't even buy it in the other months, but at the moment it goes crazy in the shop because really? the flavours are so rich. You can get it all year round, yeah. but we think the, the only time to we buy bother it. <laughs> is from now until about September because yeah. we know it's gorgeous. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not all year round, but for but us, that's the that's when we think time. it's in its prime. So that's
1: when you come into your own because you're there telling people yeah, this yeah. is when you need to eat this cheese. Well, this
0: is the thing. We get sent cheeses all year and we taste them all year. Yeah. But unless we think they're amazing, they're not going to the shop. So those kind of cheeses, it's down to our decision to hopefully that will come across to the customer and say, no, yeah. this is at its best. We can guarantee you this is the best, best cheese at grow. the moment. So people can trust you. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so you just get some really, really amazing cheeses at the minute. The mountainous ones are incredible. Yeah. So things like Comte at the moment, Beaufort. Mm. And that's because they're all let out onto the gorgeous, yeah. lush, green Yeah, pasture. and they actually go to higher pastures, yeah. the mountainous cheeses. So it actually becomes... A lot more rich yeah. and almost lactic tasting. It's
1: beautiful, beautiful yeah. cheese at the uh-huh. minute. Yeah. Right, should we taste some cheese? We're going to yeah. do some live cheese tasting. What have <laughs> it's we not got?
0: very fun for anyone listening, but yeah. for us it's great. <laughs> it's um, fun. So these are just my favourites at the moment. Yeah. Some of them are seasonal. So um, we can start with this is the Summer Sky. Okay. This is actually a Swiss cheese. It's Swiss blue, so maybe try that. Oh, it's got a little bit of blue in it. Yeah. yeah,
1: I didn't see the bit i pick up was a bit less. This is,
0: again, a tiny supplier that I adore Mm. called Jimmy. They're actually based in Borough Market over here. Beautiful, beautiful company. It's actually family-run, and they've been doing it for thousands of years, but they are absolutely fantastic. And that's a really, really lovely summer Mm. blue, so it's not too strong. And where's this produced? Um, That's in... I don't actually know the area, I should know, really. No. Um, but it's Swiss. So. Oh, it's a Swiss yeah, one, yeah. okay. So they're absolutely lovely, it's and it's one of amazing texture, our isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like a Morbiere, so yeah. you've got that bounciness to Bounce, it. Yeah,
1: sort of bouncy, creamy. We love it. Um, and then with a little bit of blue in it, yeah. but is isn't actually... Like overpowering, yeah. or so yeah. anyone
0: that's kind of easing themselves into blue, that's a yeah. perfect that's cheese brilliant. for you. They also do another cheese called Blue Brain, which you may have seen that we've been promoting like crazy.
1: I think I saw that on your website. Yeah, it looks, it looks like a brain, doesn't it's it? It's very,
0: very <laughs> scary. Yeah. You have to be really brave to try it, but once you do it's really rewarding. Okay, so what is it just that it's
1: scary looking, or is it's it very quite scary? Is it challenging yeah. to eat as well? Well, it's actually
0: um, a real rare cheese because it's blue on the outside mm. and white inside, oh, okay. and it's actually blue it's the way they make it. So they are putting the um, the starter on the outside, which creates the blue outside. So it looks like a big blue brain. <laughs> Inside it's pure white. So it's beautiful, wow. beautiful cheese. Definitely so that's worth definitely worth. Uh, yeah, I'll give you a try when we we'll okay. go back in. Um, <laughs> Amazing. The next one we've got oh, yeah, is, is nice. the Sheep Rustler. Now, this won the British Cheese Award oh. for the best cheese. This is the best two cheese? Two weeks ago. Amazing. So... Beautiful, beautiful cheese. It's quite subtle, isn't it? Really subtle. But actually, yeah, I guess because you've had the blue as well. But it's really, really delicious. It's almost like an English Aussie or Bars cheese. Really lovely tasting. And I can see exactly why it won in the yeah. awards.
1: Were you involved in the awards Do you know, I was actually away on
0: holiday, like I said. I was meant oh, to be no, judging. Yeah. I know, but I took a they little... They needed you there. Yeah, I took a little <laughs> last-minute holiday. But, but you, that's you,
1: you totally approve of
0: their choice. Yeah, well, actually, we got a big box of all the winners sent to us last week. Well, I'm
1: the second bit. Yeah, <laughs> go for
0: it. Um, we were really lucky that the awards sent us the box of all the winning yeah. cheeses. So we just sat so there and tried together. them all yeah. last week. You were like, yeah, you did all I right. did approve, <laughs> yeah, of all the choices they made. That was a lovely one. So that's a really lovely one for this summer, as well. As well, and because it's you know it's an award-winning cheese, it's produced in.
1: Oh, that's Somerset, um, so Somerset, that's by yeah. White Lake.
0: So they do some nice. beautiful cheeses, they make um Alex James's
1: cheeses as well. Oh, yeah, so they do. I thought Alex James made Alex James's cheeses, I know he's a bit naughty, he's he doesn't. Not, does he not <laughs> not, like, called out Alex no, James, but he
0: does have a fantastic person making them for him, yeah. So. And he's done a lot for the cheese world, so we yeah, have he to has, be very really appreciative. <laughs> um, the next one we've got, and this is the world champion, which is oh. the Cornish Kern. Oh yeah, the Cornish Cone. which we really, really love, and so we—I did judge this one. This was back in October, and this won the World um, Cheese Award. So it's almost got like a Gouda-esque mm. taste to it. Really hard, very, very nutty. This
1: is made by the Cornish Yog guys. It isn't is, you? yeah. You know what? I still prefer Cornish Yog to this. Do you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm people obsessed love Cornish with Yorg,
0: it. It's like butter. I'm, I'm I love it. With it. Yeah,
1: Completely. it's really fantastic. Um, but this is their first cheese for 13 years, so
0: it's a really it big amazing... deal for them.
1: And it's a completely different style, so you can exactly. love both. Yeah, yeah, you love definitely. Both their yep, yep. You can fine. have both on a cheese
0: board. <laughs> um, so that's a really, really delicious one. Yeah. So we really like that. And I think that's kind of. It's really making its way as well because people have been trying it and wasn't sure because you've got that Cornish Yard butterness. Yeah, They weren't sure about it but I think actually when you get into it it's really really good. I wonder beautiful. what made
1: them suddenly decide they were going to do a brand new cheese after I all know. the success I'm of... meant to be going to see them later in the year yeah. so I'll
0: definitely be asking some questions but I just think it was fantastic. No, it was something so different
1: because yeah. we were trying, we tried... It's really nutty. It's kind really of
0: nutty and to have like a almost like an English gouda. uh, to Cornish gouda. But I just think it's great. And we had, it was from 3,200 cheeses they won. So it's a really big deal for them all over the world. So it's great. That's fantastic. Really, really good. Um, And then we've got, which is my absolute favourite at the moment. This is a fresh... Goat's cheese from Wales, yeah. but we've paired it with truffle honey. Oh, wow. Which is, you've got to get some of the honey. Yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a mouth. Yeah, it. just, do I it. It. I just <laughs> stick this in my
1: mouth.
0: <laughs> Apologies. But mm. this is proper truffle honey. It's got humongous lumps of truffle in it. Wow. And if you know anything about our shop, you'll know that we're obsessed with truffles. It's like our thing, it's really
1: indulgent. We do this incredible it. breeze at Christmas with the, yeah. the vein of truffle yeah, running like through the middle. <laughs> lumps of it. So we love this. It's just a oh really fresh... Oh, my God, fresh, that's so rich. So we were rich. were just saying about the goat's cheese becoming rich in the yeah, summer. Yeah. That is incredible. And this was made,
0: I think it was six days ago. Yeah. So really nice and fresh, really fantastic. A tiny Welsh producer. So we it's really all, like that. It's also
1: interesting as well because people, I think... People get a bit weird about goat's cheese because they think it's going to be goaty, but yeah. it's often just not no, goaty not at, all. at all. And I think that people get this kind of perception of it smelling like a like goat. farmyardy. Yeah, you know
0: farmyardy. And it's so far from that. that there are like, some that are like that. But that's
1: kind of like double cream with a slight kind of lactic. Yeah. It's beautiful. And the really. texture is, wow, it's fantastic. that's really good. And this time of year,
0: this sort of thing's fantastic for salads. Mm. You know, if you crumble that
1: over anything, it will just make
0: yeah. the dish perfect. we just... Shove it in, yeah. <laughs> um, and then lastly, we've got the Belvaire, which is a um okay. blue cheese, which wow. is similar to like a Gorgonzola, but it's actually made by the people that make Cropwell Bishop Stilton. Oh, wow, really different, really different for them as well. Going from a really traditional Stilton to this, which is kind of melt in the mouth blue yeah, cheese, it's, blue,
1: it's kind of creamy, and but the blue isn't as I mean, is that just the color because it's yeah. not? It's kind of, it
0: doesn't it's come like up pale, as rich. Yeah, yes. it's kind of more grey. It's actually a really beautiful cheese when you see it as a whole as well. But this is, again, a really, really mm. good example of yeah. a, a summer cheese. It just tastes the,
1: fantastic. The um the white bit of the cheese, whatever yeah. that is, <laughs> the bit that's not blue, yeah. it's like kind of lovely creamy yellow. Yeah. So you can see like the richness of the milk coming through on that. And if you can't leave this out as well, you want it to almost run off the plate. Mm. It's just
0: great for having... We've done that before, where we've whipped it up with um, like a very, very creamy French cheese mm. and made it into a dip.
1: Oh, lovely! And it's just
0: really nice, really good kind of summer cheeses. Sitting in the garden, and all brilliant with wine as well.
1: So, so. do you think like cheese as a as an art is is still expanding? Because I mean, to me, every time I I come here or when I'm reading about it, there seems yeah. to be new things popping up all the time, yeah, and that gives me like so much hope because. Yeah. 'Cause a lot of, you know, the the old like arts are dying. So yeah. This this seems to be something that's thriving I in think this country. It's fantastic
0: because we're making more cheese than the French now, and really? I think that just stands to say that look we're doing really well. The fact that we've got a award winner last year at the yeah. World Cheese Awards, yeah. we've got the Cheese Awards coming off. I'm going to judge it in uh, October. Okay, so we're hopeful again for another British winner. That's, is that the British Cheese? That's the No World Cheese oh, Awards. Oh, the World Cheese Awards so is coming around again yeah, yeah. this year. Oh wow, really? So, yeah, really fast. Nice. I know loads of, lots of cheesy got people to travel off there as well. Yeah, so. I just think it's it's thriving absolutely and I think more people are experimenting as well mm. you know people are coming here and buying camemberts and filling them with things and yeah. doing their own stuff and I just think that's great Ex- kind of experimenting yeah. as well and I think it's got younger as well mm. there's people that are in their 20s that are coming in and buying cheese and kind of sitting in on a Saturday night—that never ever happened. <laughs> that never used to happen. Sounds like my dream.
1: That never happened to me in my twenties, no. but now that's my I dream I just think night it's fantastic yet. that you've yeah. got this generation of kind of Netflix and chill and cheese, yeah. which is like—it's <laughs> the next thing. Yeah, it's brilliant. And we were also saying because um, obviously a lot of people are adopting a like non-meat-eating diet. That, yeah. But actually, a lot of cheese are getting—not cheese mongers, cheese makers—are getting on board. Yeah with using the vegetarian rennet rather than the...
0: Yeah, lots of English um, producers use the vegetarian rennet, which is fantastic. I mean, Mm. it's really, really good if you are being, you know, you're vegetarian and you still want to enjoy cheese. There's a huge range of vegetarian vegetarian cheeses for you. And And they're not mild or, you know, they're tasty and rich and yummy. those. they're
1: fantastic yeah thank you so much for coming to chat to us today <laughs> um, a lot of people say that I've got the best job in the world but I actually think you've got the best job <laughs> in the world I'm super jealous oh, Um and I'm going to come back I think in um, when your book's out is it yes. out in August yes it is yes and we'll chat properly yes. about how to make cheese Yeah, at I just whole. need to finish it. Because yeah. <laughs> I think that is that is a whole half-hour podcast. Yeah, we, yeah. Need to, we need to go well, into it. Well, I think it. we should give we it, it a go. go deep. That's yeah. what we need to do. Go, can we do it live, live yeah, on the podcast? Yeah, let's try live. Cool. Cheese making. <laughs> let's do it. Brilliant. Oh, thanks very much, Morgan. That's, That's brilliant. Cool. Thank you.
2: Hello, and I am here chatting to Alex about her recent trip to Antwerp, Belgium's cosmopolitan portside city that's the capital of Flemish speaking Flanders. Antwerp has a reputation for being a diamond brokering hub, but Alex discovered a thriving food scene. So Alex, did you eat plenty of fruits and drink tons of Belgian beer?
3: (laughs) I did indeed. Um, Not solely, mind, but um, we'll come on to that later. Um, But yeah, every local seems to have their favourite fruiter in the city. Um, There's One on every corner, ranging from traditional takeaway style chip shops to more contemporary hipster hubs that have popped up recently. And the funny thing is, though, is when I was researching um, and asking locals, the resounding winner seemed to be a place called Frit Atelier. Which is ironically from Amsterdam originally. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, I'm coming to Belgium. Where's the best place to get Belgian fruit. And everyone said this place. So um, I don't know whether that's because it's the one of the newest places, mm. but um, to be fair, it was pretty good. Mm, yes. um, so it's actually opened um, originally in Amsterdam, like I said, by a Dutch Michelin-starred chef called Sergio Herman, and he. Um, Went on a worldwide hunt for the best potato to create the most golden and crisp chips. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And um, the toppings are really gourmet. It's not your standard... They've they've got your mayo, but they've got five types of mayo, ranging from classic to curry to Bernays. Mm. But also they've got these amazing, really gourmet toppings. Um... And I tried a traditional Flemish beef stew, which was slow cooked in brown yeah. beer and sprinkled with pickled mustard seeds, which wow. was amazing. So, yeah, it's, it was great because it really combined a traditional, you know, traditional Dish. uh, dishes. Mm-hmm. So the fruit and the um, the Flemish stew. But it was in a really contemporary setting and um yeah, really good. Take it to the methods. next level. Yeah, it was fab. Mm, they do sound great. And sticking to
2: the the cliches in the food world, uh, what about the beer?
3: Uh, yeah, again, <laughs> there's an Lots. overwhelming choice of of drinking dens in Antwerp. Again, I I was a bit overwhelmed before I. Before I arrived, because I was researching the best places to have Belgian beer, mm-hmm. and I don't drink loads of beer. I do enjoy it, but um, I'm not an expert. Yeah. Um. But I loved the, the traditional Belgian beer cafes, oh, okay. and there's there's plenty in the city. And one of my favourites was called Cafe de Cat. In the mm. het Yalange area, which is oh. <laughs> which is kind of near the the cathedral um and the main square so um yeah, you can hunt that. there's lots of little um cute little gothic oh, towns, uh, not towns, sorry, streets. So um, oh, lovely. you can wander through those to find all of these amazing um, Belgian beer cafes. But mm. this one was founded in 1912 and it's been passed down through three generations of women, which oh, I quite like. That's nice. And um, the current owner was stood at the bar with her friends and they were all just oh, chatting away. Really and You can tell it's a really local place. Yeah. That people just go to hang out and chat to their friends as well as, like, enjoying the beer. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's not... I didn't eat there, and I saw a, (laughs) a, like, local old man, like, reading his paper. It was lovely, like, he was really sweet, but he was eating a soup, and I'm not sure what it would have been like... Mm. I would say probably go for the beer the and beer. the atmosphere because it's very worn into with like battered leather banquettes and mm. faded gilt frame mirrors. So it's got plenty of local charm. So I definitely recommend it? that. Mm. And they have plenty of Belgian beers on tap, including a dark ale brewed by Monks and Ooh. of course De Conink as well.
2: So is De Konink the most famous beer? Yes.
3: Yeah, so, yeah, De, De Conink's like the iconic Antwerp. That's a, what
2: people associate, yeah, almost. Yeah,
3: and um, for example, like in the airport, um, mm. there'll be like lots of that and there's lots of shops selling Deconic merchandise. Okay. And um, I actually really recommend visiting the Deconic brewery as I know a lot of brewery tours and like factory tours are quite dull yeah. and um, very samey. Yeah. Um, but this was actually brilliant I was told to go by um some other foodies and they said like don't miss it even though you think that you wouldn't want to go yeah and um it's not cringy in any way okay it's really fun and informative and you go through all these different rooms and there's like loads of sounds there's one bit and it's like a nightclub and you go through this like tunnel and Nice. There's all sorts of stuff going on, like flashing up all these facts yeah, and, um, tasting notes. Like and, an
2: immersive brewery yeah, tour. <laughs> and
3: like weird light um, installations. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> Worth it, is it? Um, and you get plenty of samples too, which of course is important, including the Bollock Conink Signature Beer. So that's was lovely.
2: Yeah. Right, we'll put that on our list. <laughs> yeah. um, so which area of Antwerp is the best to stay in? Um...
3: Yeah, good question, because it actually, Antwerp's quite small and compact, but there are definite areas that aren't as desirable as others. For example, if you come out the station, uh, the station's absolutely stunning. It's very, very iconic, and it's um, always photographed by... um, um, famous photographers and um, it's worth going for that alone and actually I travelled by Eurostar mm. from London okay. to Brussels and then you change to get you get a ticket and you change on to a regional oh, train so handy! and so you arrive to the train station and it's Amazing. like worth it in itself too so I highly so recommend sweet. that it's so easy mm. um, but immediately outside the station you've got the zoo which actually is oh. really great and they had a really cool light show on when I was there all the light shows all the light <laughs> and it's the place to go um, but immediately to the left as you come out of the station it's actually the dime the old diamond dealing area oh, okay and I didn't explore that area but I was told to kind of stay away and it might not be I don't want to say stay away because yeah, yeah. I don't know from personal experience, explore. but other people said you're better going off into the, yeah, the Het Elange, which is where the cathedral and the right. um, the main square is. Um, but also um, where I actually did end up staying was a place called Het Zuid, which literally means the southern quarter and that's about 10 15 minutes away from the main old the old part and it's like the trendy part of antwerp which is comparable to hackney or shoreditch in london mm. and with plenty of like new wave coffee shops and hip little bistros nice. um and so we stayed in a really lovely boutique hotel and then just down the road was a place called tinsel which is a really Ooh. great brunch spot and that's a great place to get a A slice of local life, and they have a counter heaping with homemade goodies, and most of their dishes are actually vegan. Um, And the vegan brunch dishes are excellent. So they have things like pickled carrots on toast with spicy red pepper hummus and even vegan French toast with grilled pears, roast hazelnuts and maple. Wow, that sounds good. Really great. And it's really cute and cosy as well, so you could spend hours there. mm -hmm. And then just opposite there is a place called Delphile Bakery. And that's also... That's been going for 80 years and wow. counting. So pretty impressive.
2: Are there a lot of places, like, like really historic? Uh,
3: yeah. yeah. So it's a real... I really found, like, as in anywhere, really there's a real great mix of new and mm. old, like traditional cafes, for example, and then your, like, new wave coffee shops. Mm. Um, and I actually just spoke on the podcast a, lot, a long time ago now. It's probably about a year ago about um, that... ..how obvious that is in Vienna, for yes. example. Oh, you've yes, got your old-style literary cafes and then you've got your really hipster new wave coffee yeah. shops. So um, there's definitely... I really, enjoy, I really like it when I go to a city and you can really see yeah. the both both, both work equally as well, mm. and they live alongside each other. And you know, they can. It doesn't mean that the new places are taking you know, over, taking but, yeah. over, and but yeah, they're still going strong. That's and nice. but that's the Delfield Bakery is a great place for to learn about traditional Belgian pastries and Ooh. cakes because um, you wouldn't necessarily no. know that they've got all these amazing. Um, breads and obviously they've got their speculas which is we love don't we (laughs) we do it's like a caramel caramelized Mm. cinnamony Mm. spiced Biscuits, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, a mix of everything. and they have they they make biscuits with it. They make an amazing spread which became really famous in England. They sold it in all of the retailers a few years ago, so it's called Lotus Spread. And then the more traditional one is a bit more spiced and mm. like gingerbready. And they have lots of they have literally like cakes and biscuits and ev- everything with speculaas in this bakery. Wow. But also they have. Um, something I didn't know existed before was uh, Belgian pistolet. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. But they're like a small round bread roll, quite crusty. And they've got like yeah eight different types. So they have a tiger pistolet, which was, you know, had like lots of caramelised, it was really great glaze on the top and it was, like a tiger, so it's like striped, oh, like tiger
2: bread, almost, and then black yeah.
3: forest, dark rye, studded with seeds, and also like a poppy seed one, which was oh, wow. They were really nice.
2: And Now wow. I want to go and eat all the baked goods <laughs> as well. Yeah. So I had heard that pistolets were quite a staple in the Belgium diet. Is that true?
3: Yeah, it's definitely. As I say, when I when I arrived, I didn't know anything about it, but one of the they featured in one of my favourite dishes in the whole of Antwerp, which um, was a great concept store restaurant in the centre of Antwerp called Grand Market 13, and they have a really swish cream-coloured food truck parked outside um, at the weekends, and they serve the most Epic beef tartare on a crusty grilled pistolet with pickled juice mayo and spindly purple rocket as well. Well, Wow.
2: I could definitely eat that
3: for lunch right now. Yeah, I want to eat it again.
2: Um, And also I've heard about Belgian vermouth um, winning quite a few awards, which seems unusual.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's really strange. So I tried Belgian vermouth when I was was in Antwerp. and Because in Het Swede there's a swanky cocktail bar called Bar Berber. And they specialise in vermouths, actually. And mm-hmm. they make their own vermouth out just outside Antwerp with white, white Chardonnay and Sauvignon mm-hmm. grapes, along with local botanicals and forest herbs. Um, so you've got all, all sorts, kind of chamomile, dandelion root, sage, licorice, cardamom. And the vermouth that's just won four awards at London's World Vermouth Awards is called Seven Sins Vermouth, and it's the Envy okay. variety. And it's apparently amazing yeah because it Mm. won over all of the italian yeah which you wouldn't expect no you wouldn't (laughs) at all and it has a citrusy start apparently with a rich peppery aftertaste so i think we might need to try it i
2: think we do (laughs) thank you alex so you can listen to our podcast with our wine writer kate hawkins about vermouth and italian aperitifs in the next few weeks Mm -hmm. um but also alex has written a foodie guide to the best places to eat and drink in antwerp on Mm olivemagazine.com so go check that out for more recommendations including posh street food mm-hmm. an atmospheric jazz club oh, and yeah. of course chocolate
3: yes don't Always. miss the chocolate obviously because <laughs> you're in Belgium <laughs> thank you
1: so that was the Olive Magazine podcast if you like this episode please head over to iTunes and leave a review we'd really love to hear from you for more information on things in this episode you can visit our website olivemagazine.com and you can pick up a copy of our June issue now or you can go download the app version Bye for now. We'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.